Some new research, and this comes from various international studies, is showing pollution caused by wildfire smoke can lead to cognitive impairments. It can also cause post-traumatic stress and potentially increase the risk of some neurodegenerative diseases. Joining us to talk about this is Dr. Anna Guns, pediatric intensive care doctor at Children's Hospital in Ontario. Doctor, thank you so much for being here to talk more about this. Thank you for having me. What are we looking at or how concerned should we be about exposure to wildfire smoke and and causing uh, these medical, these health issues? I think the the way to think about it is that it's not unlike air pollution in general. And so there has been a lot of evidence looking at the short and long-term risks of air pollution in general and what's coming out with wildfire smoke exposure is similar and that's because a lot of the particulates are similar as well and some of them are actually quite small and can travel into your lungs into your bloodstream and causing an inflammatory response in your body and so that's where we think some of these associations um, are likely to occur. Because we do, I think it makes sense that if we're breathing in this particulate matter, and that's why we have the air advisory, the warnings, so we think about breathing it in and in our lungs, but I don't think we often make that connection that it can also have an impact on the brain. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of a wild thing. Um, And I think that's why, you know, a lot of us are so worried about wildfire smoke. The consequences aren't just with the brain. Um, We also worry about, you know, heart disease and heart attacks and strokes as well. And so when we're we're thinking about exposures, what's different from from general air pollution is that it is, um, you know, a time-limited piece. But when we have long-term exposure over periods of time, um, that's where that's where we can have these effects, and we'll start to understand more um, as these periods of wildfire smoke become more more common um, long term. But that's that's the you know that's the not light of heart. And I think I think the other thing about wildfire smoke is it's you know when we're talking about cognition and mental health, it's not just the exposure from these tiny little particulates that have been. Um, shown or are starting to be associated with these um, cognitive issues and with long-term air pollution we've seen the same as well as well as other psychiatric issues but we also have to think about you know the mental health impacts that are one associated with you know the awareness of this and the links of environmental destruction and climate change and that sort of deep-rooted stress and and distress that can be felt miles from the fires as well as the impact it has on kind of how it limits people and what they're doing if they're trying to, if they're really worried about this and trying to limit this. But also we have to think about everybody who's being evacuated or has been evacuated um, or is at risk of evacuation. And, you know, all of the stress that we know comes with a lot of uh, other disasters as well. So, you know, depression, anxiety, uh, PTSD. And so early intervention and support in communities after and during and I think as neighbors is also really important because it's a bit of a a double hitter that way in the sense that these are scary life altering events and there was a study done a few years ago um, after the big fire and the big evacuation of Fort McMurray and they looked at youth actually um, and looked at their uh, psychological experiences one year or 18 months after and and the impacts 
on even, you know, not just anxiety and depression, but also self-esteem were, were, were so evident there compared to other youth that were in a different community where that didn't happen. So we need to think about this, not just in terms of our exposure to the smoke and the health impacts that could be affecting us in the future, um, but also the psychological burden, burden and injury and how we can en masse start supporting each other to try to, to minimize that risk. Right. And and we certainly do see people supporting each other and coming out and helping out in, in any way they can when it comes to the loss and dealing with wildfires. You mentioned as well that the long term exposure when it comes to the smoke. Do the studies look at, at long term how much exposure actually is a dangerous level? So the way these any of these studies have to be done is that you have to have a population with a certain amount of exposure that you can compare to another one that hasn't. And so certainly there's studies that looked at even proximity to the wildfire smoke as well as the extent. Um, And certainly the closer you are (laughs) and the, the more exposure is, you know, is more, there's, there's more of a health risk. Um, But in terms of like a quantifiable amount, um, I'm not sure that that, um, you know, if there's a certain amount or value we could ascribe, you know, especially that's really helpful to us as people. I mean, certainly one of the most helpful things is the Air Quality Health Index right now, which actually looks at the particulates that we know to be harmful to human health and will give people a rating um, from low, moderate and high risk, depending on what the particulate matter is there and gives suggestions about how to modify um, exposure based on that. And I think that's the most helpful piece um, right now. But beyond that, I think there's, you know, there are things we can do to, to minimize our risk, like if, especially in maintaining our indoor air quality, having HVAC systems on our, um, all of our ventilation systems, even furnaces, um, you know, for, and trying to stay indoors when the air quality is bad and remembering that we can also gather indoors together. It's not like, I think, reminiscent of the pandemic and masks can help outdoors. So a surgical mask can filter about 25, 30% of the particles and an N95 uh, closer to 80%. So it's not perfect, but we can do those things as well. Um, as well as thinking like, you know, when the air quality is bad, that's not the time to exercise outside. And um, if it's hot as well, you know, that increases the risks of health. So making sure there are well-ventilated cooling centers that you can go to if you don't have air conditioning, those are all important. But beyond that, this is something that we're, we're living with now as well. So I think the other piece that's really important is that we have to be active in terms of demanding, uh, you know, better air quality. And that involves, you know, regulations and climate change and climate action. And that's also something that people can do um, from a psychological perspective to hopefully help them feel better as well. And for Canadians, there is a petition that's open in front of the House of Commons right now looking at um, legislating um, advertising for fossil fuels. Like we did with smoking and alcohol that people could sign on as well that can be helpful. But I think that is also something that we need to talk about whenever we're talking about personal risk of wildfire smoke. We have to talk about climate change um, and fossil fuels because that's the that's the larger piece um, that we that we don't necessarily feel like we have control over. But it's it's really important. All right, Dr. Guns, we'll have to leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.